If you would, I'd like you to turn your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, and as we just turn our hearts now to your word, and um, just God, for what you have for us as a body today, I pray, God, that you would um, just move and work by your spirit. I thank you for this church family that you've given me the, the privilege of being able to be a part of, and um, Lord, just love these guys, and Lord, I know that, God, you, you love this body, and I just ask today that you would um, just renew our hearts, refresh our hearts, that you would do a work, God, um, as we look toward this new year. And we thank you, Lord, for another year to walk with you, to serve you, to get closer to you. We give you this time now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the ending of one year and the beginning of another year is always a time of looking back. Maybe you found yourself over the weekend or this past week between Christmas and New Year's doing exactly that, where you were looking back on things that you accomplished, maybe goals that were were met or dreams that came true. But as we look back, we also, you know, think about the struggles. We think about the, the difficulties that we went through. We think about the, the things and that came, you know, into our lives that were, were hard and the lessons that were learned. And I think it's probably safe to say for all of us that 2016 was filled with the good, the bad, and the ugly. There were good times, bad times, and then there were just plain Ugly times. How many of you know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> yes, we do that. But that's you know what life is like living in a sin-plagued world. But as the new year begins, it's not just a time of looking back, but it's also a time of looking forward. And you know, we think about maybe the goals that weren't met, and they become maybe the new goals for the coming year. And as followers of Jesus Christ, it's important that we realize and understand that our goals and our dreams and our desires should all be shaped by our relationship to Jesus, that that's the most important thing, that our relationship with Jesus is really to be what shapes those things that become our priorities and our pursuits. Now, what is true of us as individuals is even uh, more true of us as a church. You know, the motto of this fellowship, it's on the wall when you walk in the, the main doors, it's simply Jesus. And the meaning of that is, is, is just this, that, it, that everything that happens here, it's to be all to Jesus, it's to be all for Jesus, and it's to be all about Jesus. Because the Bible says that it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And so we, we believe as a church body that everything that, that happens here and everything that is connected with this should be for Jesus. And it's, it's being done to Jesus and, and it's hopefully it's about Jesus. Now, I got to admit that as a younger pastor, back in the, my younger days, I, I can honestly say that when the idea of a Vision Sunday came up, I felt this pressure. I, I would sometimes feel the pressure that I had to come up with some new vision to inspire the church. 
And so oftentimes, you know, New Year's would come around, I'd just be like, Lord, you know, and just wrestling. And, and then it hit me one year, and it was like almost like God just spoke to my heart and said, Rob, you don't need a quote-unquote new vision because I've given Calvary Vista a vision. What you need to be open to is fresh moves of my spirit in carrying out that vision. In fact, there's a quote that I really love. It's by an author, um, Paul Tripp. He said this, God's work in you is a process, not an event. It progresses not in three or four huge moments, but in 10,000 little moments of change. In other words, his work and his vision is carried out in consistency, It's in consistency of doing or consistently doing what you are called to do day in and day out and always just seeking to be growing. So our desire for that vision every single year is twofold. It's that, number one, that we would get better in carrying out the vision that God has given us as a church, that we would grow, and number two, that we would be open to the Spirit in creating fresh ways to carry out that vision. In fact, think of it in this way. Any of you guys who have surfed, or since we live by the beach, I'm sure you've been at the beach and you've watched guys surfing, and when you you know, you know surf or you're watching people surf, one of the things that you, you see is that as the wave is forming, the surfer will paddle over into position and then you you let the wave carry you. You see it forming, you paddle over into position and you let the wave carry you. And as you, you know, you just consistently paddle out, you know, each time you go and after each, you know, you paddle out and you wait and sometimes you have to wait a while and then you see it forming and you paddle over into position and then you get up and ride. And some days you guys are sure it's epic. It's like, man, the waves were just pumping. It was awesome. It was great. And other days it was just nice to be in the water, right? Well, you know what? Same too with us. You see, God is always moving. And we want to watch and pray and seek and be in tune to his moving and then put ourselves into position for him to work. That's what we need to do personally. That's what we need to do corporately. That's what we need to do as a a body. Now, there's an opposite to that. The opposite is when we're trying to make a wave that we want God to get on and, and ride with us. It's a lot better (laughs) letting him form the wave and paddling into position. And so we paddle out. We stay true to the vision and open to the new and fresh waves of his spirit, the areas where he wants to lead us and how he wants to grow us. And so with that in mind, what I want to do today is I want to just briefly share um, with you our vision, remind you. Peter said, I want to stir up your minds, your pure minds, by way of reminder. We often need to be reminded. And I'm going to just share for you know a few minutes about our vision, and then I'm going to ask some of our ministry leaders to come up and share what that vision looks like in their particular ministry. Now, we have too many to you know do that all today, and so what we're going to do over the next several weeks is I'm going to ask one of them to share like five minutes before our Bible study in the coming weeks, but you're going to hear from you know four or five or six of them you know here this morning, but um, and then we're going to end today, because it's the first Sunday of the month, we're going to end with communion, and what a great way to start 
the new year, right? By receiving communion together as a body. So if we're talking about the vision of Calvary Vista, um, you know, one of my theme verses in life is Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, where it says, write down the vision and write it clearly on clay tablets so whoever reads it can run and tell others. Write the vision, make it plain, so that those who see it can run with it. Our vision is connected to what we call our three core values. Those three core values are based in in these phrases, upreach, inreach, and outreach. Everything starts with upreach. Upreach is about loving God. It's us reaching up to God. And you see, upreach is about God's glory. It definitely involves worship. As a body, worship is our moment to gather and proclaim loudly and passionately that to God that, Lord, we're here for you. We realize that we exist for you. It's not the other way around. It's not that you exist for us. Worship is when we gather together and we're proclaiming that we, we worship you because of who you are. Not just because of what you do or what you've done or what we're hoping that you're going to do. We worship you because you alone are worthy of that type of passion and affection from our lives. More than any game, more than any other thing, more than any events. Now, my desire for us as a body is, that, is to see us grow in this privilege of worship, to grow in our passion and priority for corporate worship. And I want to challenge you as your pastor. I want to challenge you and challenge myself that as we come together, that before we, we get here, that we would prepare our hearts that we would take the time to, to pause and just reflect. And, and, you know, in the coming weeks, when you come in, you know, in the morning, especially if you get here a little bit early, there's going to be something, a verse or something on the screen here to, to sort of get you thinking in a direction as it relates to, to worship. Prepare ourselves. It's important. And I also want to encourage you to be on time. To be on time, in coming, to see the value and the, the priority of us coming together in that way. You see, we're, we're on time for everything else, right? That, you know, we're on time for the movie, you know, and we sometimes we get there early and get our popcorn and our soda and, you know, whatever. We're, we're on time for that and, you know, we're on time for the game that we're going to watch, and you guys that golf, you get there for your tee time because if you don't, you're going to miss it. But most of you, you get there early. You to putt, to hit some balls, to prepare yourself for, you know, playing a game of spending four plus hours on a golf course. You prepare yourselves. And I, I want to encourage you. Be on time. See the value, the priority of worship. Now, I do realize, and I want to say, things happen. Sometimes it happens where you just can't get here on time. And it's not like we're going to stop in the middle of worship and, and go, oh, we'll let you get to your seat. You know, we'll wait for you. No, we're not, we're not going to single people out, okay? That's not the point. Please, this is not legalism. 
It's a heart of just saying, hey, see the value in this as a body of believers. Remember, we looked at this verse a couple weeks ago in John 4, verse 24, where Jesus was talking to that woman at the well, and he says that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, and God is seeking such to worship him. And, and, and I hope that, my, my heart for us is that we would be those that see the value and the privilege of worship. And I want to also encourage you, pray for our worship leaders. You know, all of our worship leaders, they're volunteers. They all work 40-plus-hour-a-week jobs. They all have families. Eddie, who does work on staff here at the church, worship is not his main priority. He main priority for our, he serves at our church in our admin you know, office, accounting office, and, and, and that takes up most of his time. Pray for these guys. You know, God has blessed us with, with several talented worship leaders and singers and musicians, and we're a blessed body. I hope you realize that. Pray for those guys. They put that time in to help us as a body approach the throne of God. So upreach involves worship, but worship is much more than singing. Some of you are thinking, but I just don't like to sing, and, and neither do I. But God doesn't care. It's not about our voices. It's about our hearts. But worship is much more than singing. It involves the whole person. In fact, Jesus said that the first and greatest commandment is this in Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Upreach is about loving Jesus and giving Jesus our very best. It's to love him with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. In other words, our whole being. Upreach is about using our gifts and our talents and our resources for the glory of God. Not just here, but in our everyday lives. But when we do gather as a body, it's that we give God our best by serving him with our whole hearts. You see, we're a body and God is glorified when we are all doing our part in fulfilling our roles. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 12 where he's talking about how God gives gifts to the body and he says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering and he who teaches in teaching and he who exhorts in exhortation and he who gives with liberality and he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And listen, when we're all doing that, when we're all using our gifts and giving God our best for his glory I mean upreach is happening and God is glorified it's the beauty of the body of Christ now I'll be honest and say the body of Christ is made up of a lot of broken people we're all broken none of us are perfect none of us have it all together we're all broken but we're people that are being in the process of being transformed by jesus and so we come and we bring our hearts and we bring our flaws and we bring our personalities and we come and say god i hope you can use this and you know what he says i can and i want to it's realizing this jesus is the best part of every single one of us he is He's the best part of you. And the more he gets of us, the better it gets. 
So we continue to gather week in and week out to see, you know, his glory accomplished. We continue on that first Wednesday of the month, as I was just mentioning, for our first things first. To gather and just put aside a a significant amount of time on that evening to just say, Lord, we want to worship you and wait upon you. Now, one fresh wave of the Spirit that we are going to do is in February, we're going to join with a couple of other churches in San Diego for 40 days of prayer and fasting. And it's just something that God put on our heart and our, our leadership and, and uh, excited about this. You know, one of the churches, Maranatha Chapel, just joining with, with those guys. And it's a time to just say as a body, hey, let's set aside some significant time personally to pray and to fast. And I'm not talking about you fast for 40 days. I mean, if you want to try that, awesome. But I'm talking about like, you know, one thing out of your week or, or, or you know, one week out of the 40 or, or just something that God shows you. And we'll talk more about that but but it's the idea of of an intentional concentrated time as a body of believers just seeking God pressing into him praying for just him to pour out our his spirit in, in on our community here in North County praying for God to just bless as we gather in April for, you know, Easter services all over the county, that we would just, you know, see God move, but, but more just pressing in, just taking that concentrated time and saying, God, we want to seek you together as a body. And one of the things I'm really going to encourage you to do, and again, we'll talk more about this later, is sometime in that 40 days, at least once, to head up to, to Double Peak Mountain or Double Peak over in San Marcos, where you can see this whole North County area from the coast all the way here to Vista and just pray. Pray over this area. And that's one of the things that that we're going to be doing. So upreach is about loving God. Upreach is about God's glory. Inreach, that's our second core value, is about loving God's church. In Ephesians chapter 4, um, verse 11, Paul wrote this, and he himself, speaking of the Holy Spirit, gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for this reason, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In reach is about equipping the church for ministry. You see, we're all ministers, folks. It's not just people that are on staff. It's all of us called by God. Our job here is to help equip you in what God has called you to do. The word edify means to build up the body of Christ, to make it strong, unified, and healthy. Listen, our goal is not to build a bigger church numerically. It's not our goal. It's never been the goal. The goal is to build bigger people in Jesus to see people grow in the Lord. You see, we believe that church growth, numerical growth, that's up to God. God does that and how he wants to do that. But our goal is bigger people for God. And we believe the best way to accomplish this is to study God's word and then live it out, live out God's word in our daily lives. And that's one of the reasons why we give a significant amount of time in our services to the study of God's word. 
On Wednesday nights, we're going verse by verse through the Bible. We just finished the Old Testament. We just started the New Testament. Our next Wednesday night Bible study will be on January 11th. We're just into the Gospel of Matthew in chapter uh, 3. encourage you to come out. Be a part of that. Maybe make Wednesday night a part of your new year. You know, those who study church you know, demographics and that type of thing. They say the average Christian today in America goes to church twice a month. The average Christian. I want to encourage you, don't be average. Don't be average. Let's be above that. Let's be like, Lord, we realize this is all about you. Maybe, maybe that's one of the things God's going to challenge you in this new year. Make Wednesday night a part of your week. On Wednesday night, we're looking at the big picture. We'll look at the, ch- the whole chapter in its entirety. On Sunday morning, though, we're zeroing in. And we're doing a series right now that's connected to our Wednesday night study called The King and His Kingdom. And we're looking at, in Matthew's gospel, all of the aspects where it talks about when John the Baptist says, you know, prepare your, your hearts for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? And why does it mention that like 31 times in the gospel? He keeps talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. We want to look at that. We want to consider what does that mean for us living now as believers in Jesus Christ in 2017? So we give a huge place to the study of God's word in our services, in our children's ministry, in our youth ministries. Inreach, though, also happens through our small groups. And, you know, we have home fellowships or life groups here in our fellowship that meet all during the week. We have men's and women's groups that that just take it out of the bigger gathering here and, and put it into smaller groups because we believe, you know, that we learn in rows, but we connect in circles. And so it's that way to be a part of the body of Christ, to build relationships in those small group type of settings. And if you're not in one, I encourage you to be in one, to be able to be used by God, to have accountability, to be encouraged. Again, don't be average. Don't just be like, oh, I'm, just, you know, I'm going to go on Sundays a couple times a month. And you know, No. And we're living in radical times. Time to seek God with all of our hearts. Inreach is also about discipleship. And that's really what we're called to. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're called not to make converts, but disciples. In a few minutes, Pastor Dave's going to come up and, and share about just some things God's put on his heart about developing new discipleship opportunities here. Our whole marriage ministry, Thrive, that'll be happening not on the second Tuesday this month, but the third Tuesday, is all about that same idea of just seeking to come together and, and, and be encouraged in our marriages. Because we believe that, that one of the strongest influences in our society today is a healthy marriage of two people that are committed to God and committed to each other, who realize what it means as a couple to be on mission with God, that you know, the Bible says, we read in Genesis, God gave the first married couple a vision, a mission, I should say, and he's given all of us that. 
And we want to foster that on those um, Tuesday gatherings once a month that we call Thrive. It's part of our discipleship. It's part of our inreach. It's part of that just seeking to build up the body. So upreach is about loving God. Inreach is about loving the church. And then our core value number three is outreach. It's loving the lost. And you see, here's the thing I want you to understand. Hear me on this. God has chosen to use found people in order to reach lost people. And I believe that the best form of evangelism that a church can have is the people that are a part of that body living out their faith in their sphere of influence. That's why you always hear me say that, sphere of influence. Because we all have one. It's the people that are around us. And it's you living out your faith. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth, but if a salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You see, Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world, and light needs to be seen, and salt needs to be tasted. Salt needs to permeate whatever it is being applied to in order for it to be effective. And I'm praying for all of us that God would just increase our burden for lost people here in North County, lost people in our spheres of influence. You know, Nehemiah got a burden, right? You guys know that story. He got a burden for his people that were hurting back into his homeland, and he began to pray, and his prayer for this burden that God had given him began to just so affect his countenance that the king, you know, noticed it. But Nehemiah didn't just pray. He he didn't just have a burden. He didn't just send supplies. He could have done that, but he got his hands dirty. He went. I pray that we this year would get our hands dirty. In fact, I want to challenge you. I've done this before, and I don't know how many of you took this to heart, but I, I want to challenge you this year that you would begin to pray for somebody in your sphere of influence or a couple people in your sphere of influence to faithfully pray for them that they're not walking with God or they don't know God and pray that God would touch them and that he would even use you to be the vehicle to do that. I want to encourage you to do that because when that happens, you're going to be blown away. You're going to be amazed. We're committed to local outreach every year. Easter in the Park, it's our biggest local outreach. But we do a lot of small things around the community as well. Aaron, is our high school pastor, is serving and doing um, a, a study right now at Guahomey. And uh, pray for that. God's beginning to move in a neat way um, at Guahomey Park Academy, a public school here in our area. We, we had the talents challenge. We're going to do that again. But we're also looking for new ways. And here's a new way, something I want you to pray about, something, one of the waves we see God moving and working. There's a ministry that, that happens on Camp Pendleton that we've been a part of before, but, but now we're going to take a big step and really feel like the Lord's you know, leading in this, that every month this group called Armor of Light ministers to the new recruits. It's usually about 1,000 guys 
It's the end of their um, recruitment camp. And they have a service for these guys. I've done it a few times. And, and we go and preach. And it's amazing to see how God just moves and works and pours out his spirit. you know. And, and guys get saved and get touched. And it's an opportunity right here in our backyard. And then these guys get saved. And the next three weeks, this guy, John Rogers, um, disciples them. They have a service every single Sunday. And then they get sent out all over the world. And hopefully that continues. And we're going to start doing that a few times a year. Our first one's going to be in March. We're going to bring a band. I'm going to preach. And we need about 30 volunteers. And next week, we're going to have a sign-up sheet for that. So I want you to just be praying. Hey, is that something that the Lord would have me be a part of? And uh, just a little you know, local outreach. Another thing new we're going to do is we have six or seven different groups in our body right now that are already doing local outreach on a regular basis. Those who go street witnessing, those who go once a month to the, the marketplace um, on Saturday to go and share the gospel, those who are involved in Solutions for Change, those who are involved in ministering to the homeless. And we put together uh, a network. And what we're wanting to do in this coming year is just make what those groups are doing more visible and give opportunity for those of you in the body to know what's going on so that you can pray and, and even get involved in helping and being a part of that. And of course... We also are in committed to outreach as it relates to overseas missions. In April, we're sending a team to Uganda. In September, October, we're going to be doing an outreach to New Zealand. We're committed to church planting, praying about a few places right now with some different people that God's tugging on their hearts. We're praying about a return to Italy, a return to Hungary, to be involved in the UK. We have requests in all of those areas. And our heart as a body as it relates to outreach is to come alongside those who have planted churches and refresh them and encourage them. So that's our vision. Upreach, loving God. Worship, giving God our best. In reach, loving the church, seeing, trying to see the church become bigger, bigger people for Jesus. And then outreach, loving the lost, allowing God to use us in our sphere of influence corporately and local outreach and, and missions. Now, I want to just say this before I have Pastor Dave come up. You can merely come to church here, and come and sit. Enjoy the worship, be ministered to by the word, or you can be a part. I want to encourage you to be a part, to be a part, to be active, to become a part of the body, because that's what God wants. That's what he desires. Get involved in a small group. Volunteer to serve in an area. Allow the Lord to use you in that way. Amen? Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you've given us a vision. And we want to be faithful to that as a body. That you would move and work and and just have your way, Lord, in our lives. We love you, God. And we want to just make 2017 for each one of us as individuals, as well as all of us as a, a body together, the best year ever for you, to grow in you and to seek you with all of our hearts. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to close this morning with communion. And here's the thing. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, died on the cross, rose again from the dead. And he did that to connect us with himself and with his father, but also with each other. That we become this body. You know, we're blood-related. Do you realize that? We're related by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we want to celebrate that this morning. All of us, broken people, being transformed by an awesome, loving Savior. And if you don't know him, he invites you to be a part of his family. And I would encourage you today to just tell him, Lord, I need you. I want you. Come into my heart. And you do that. And he'll, he'll meet you this morning, forgive you of your sins, and cleanse you. Amen?